0: episode 29 of Strange Bow Radio. I'm your host, Tobe Johnson. Today's guest is Tommy Cooper out of Erie, Pennsylvania. He works as a auto mechanic by day. And as he, I guess, fixes those carburetors, he gets reports, Bigfoot reports. And once in a while, those Bigfoot reports turn into, well, videos of orbs. And that's what we're going to talk about Mostly, today is this amazing footage that he caught on night vision camera of a very close encounter of the orbish kind. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, Farrell by Aaron at Etsy.com, shaman-inspired drums, rattles, and smudge fans. And now, at Etsy, you can order your own wood watcher. Yes, I have opened up my own Etsy shop go check it out. All one word. Wood Watcher. Chainsaw carvings of crazy cryptid faces. There's some uh, interesting stuff on there that well, if they're stocking stuffers, you better have pretty big stockings. Or big feet. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Alright, next up from Erie, Pennsylvania Tommy Cooper Our guest today is Tommy Cooper, an auto mechanic by day and a Sasquatch investigator by night. Seems like Erie, Pennsylvania, he gets a lot of reports just as a mechanic. In fact, sounds like the whole shop is helping him check these things out. And they started their own YouTube channel, Cryptovania TV. If you go on Facebook, you can find it there and join up. And on there, you will see this video that I've been talking about. Now... We're going to go into the video as we're discussing it and watch it together. So this is a little bit of theater of the mind, but I will release the conversation between us and the video as we're breaking it down here for Patreon members down the road. So as for now, just use your imagination as we go in to Erie, Pennsylvania and talk to Tommy Cooper about all of these interesting cases that he's taken on and this orb. Okay. I give to you, Tommy Cooper. All right. We're here with Tommy Cooper out of Erie, Pennsylvania. Thanks for joining us, Tommy.
1: Great to be here. Thanks for having me, Tope.
0: Yeah. So you and I have never met. Um, You're a guest because I uh, asked you to come on the show. You were more than... uh, happy to do it which i totally appreciated and we're excited about uh, some footage that you had up on i believe it was the spiritual sasquatch thread on facebook and i want to talk about this footage at the uh, closer towards the end of the show because i think it it really is uh, what people are going to wait around to see and we'll show some of this video here as well but um Largely in point, uh, you've looked into cryptids, including Sasquatch. I see uh, Lyle Blackburn uh, on the wall there, and I break for Sasquatch. And uh, so you also have a a channel, right, on Roku TV called Cryptovania? Yes,
1: we do. Yes, we do. There's uh, six of us guys that are are kind of the core founders, members of Cryptovania. Uh, We do have the Roku streaming television channel. 24-7, 100% 24-7, 100% free channel on Roku. Anyone can install it at no charge. Uh, we've got 520 programs on our channel, a lot of peer-generated archives, a lot of stuff that we have gone out and researched and done ourselves. We're very, very proud of it. We've put a ton of work into it. And we think we've got the finest product in the world of cryptids today.
0: <laughs> All right, so this channel, people can download it for free. I've, I have a Roku player out in my RV. It's been a while since Roku and I have danced our little dance together, but I remember that there is a lot of uh, uh, sub channels in there too. Like they have some really, if you have a niche, like uh, Roku will, will provide someone who has a camera their niche to stream. So how did that get started? How did you actually get uh, your footage on Roku?
1: I, I, I went to work. I kind of accidentally ended up meeting some folks who also have a channel on Roku called Maddie GTV, and I'm a location scout for them. And I began to rub elbows with people that this was what their livelihood was. And I, I was introduced to this world of Roku streaming television, and everyone knew my passion for Sasquatch and, and cryptids and things. And everyone I would meet, they would say, you should do a show. You should do a show. And this kept going and going. Well, uh, I have a garage in a small town outside of Erie. And uh, as luck would have it, one of my customers is a man who has some experience. His name's Jay Watoski. He's uh, the founder of uh, CCM, Continuum Creative Media. Um, uh, and he said, you know, you should really do that. You should do a show. And I said, you know, if I did a show, I don't, I don't want to put all this hard work and energy into this mm-hmm. and, uh, then basically beg someone to put it on their channel for free. So I said, you know, what we should do is we should start our own channel. So it was really as simple as that. At, the, at least the decision was, and luckily myself, Nick Marvin, Jason Trost, Iron Schreffler, Tom Keys we're all here at the garage all the time and we do have some downtime in the winter. So everybody got out their laptops and their phones and their cameras and we just kind of got together and we made a cohesive plan and mm-hmm. we implemented it and uh, we ended up with a channel and, uh, That's really cool. We, we couldn't be happier with it. And it's, it's really been fantastic too, because it has allowed me personally to meet most of my heroes, people that I admire, people that I respect, and uh, it's just been, it's been great, and in a year and a half, it has done so well. The, the Just the thought that two weeks ago, I was looking at our, the statistics for our channel, and we had six viewers in Kazakhstan two weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, this is incredible for a, a kid from a small town working out of his garage in his house and yeah, it's just it's been awesome. And we we've got to rub elbows. And that's really what really trips our triggers. We love hanging out, rubbing elbows, and sitting at the cool table with the people that are out there doing research and, and dedicating their lives to this. And uh, we just love it.
0: You know, it's so nice to have the middleman completely cut out of the you know, the fostered dreams of uh young filmmakers like yourself. You know, you can do pretty much anything you want. It's just a matter of having the bandwidth and the initiative to get on Google. And it's it's so cool. So that's awesome. Guys in their garage uh, hunting monsters and ghosts and uh, having fun doing it, posting it for guys in cos- and for Borat. Borat's a fan of yeah. you, apparently. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's incredible. It's
1: amazing. it's amazing when I meet someone who, Is just on top of the mountain to me. They're the pinnacle Mm of of a crypto researcher, and they tell me that. Oh yeah, I watch Cryptovania. You've got some great stuff on there. I really like it. It just it blows my mind to hear people of this stature say things like that, especially when it's it's an idea that was really incubated with a bunch of guys standing around talking to each other, a bunch (laughs) of of friends let's do it, man. Let's just do it. Let's do it. And we did it. And uh, so far, so good. And the, the future is looking great.
0: Okay, so Erie, Pennsylvania has got a great name. It's, it's a great name to start with Erie, Pennsylvania. I think there was even a show back in the maybe 90s uh, about Erie, Pennsylvania, like a Amazing Stories type show. It was a, like a, a Before Stranger Things kind of deal. But uh, you grew up on the East Coast in Pennsylvania. Is that right?
1: Yes, I'm I'm born and raised in uh, the same place I've always been. Um I'm actually I'm on the northern edge of the Allegheny National Forest. I'm just south of Erie. We're surrounded by swamps, mm-hmm. game lands. Uh there there's so much game land around here because the the population is quite uh sparse here and uh there's so much game land and I'm I'm on some private leases that you can get on very reasonably. And I know everyone around here and we've got access to private ground and we have more acres to stomp than we could ever possibly (laughs) go walk through. It's, it's incredible. And when we have people in, because when we do our main show, Cryptovania, we bring researchers in house and we Mm -hmm. spend a couple of days with them. And I've been told time and time again, you know, we'll load up in the in the trucks and we'll head out to our research area to go get some out in the woods footage. And uh, every time they're blown away, they're like, "Man, I gotta drive forty five minutes to get to my research area. Yours is basically across the road. It, it, it it's great. I, I have a thousand acres available to me that I'm leased onto. That from where I'm sitting right now, I could throw a stone <laughs> and land it on it. And it's it's a hot area too. It's it's just great."
0: So Allegheny National Forest uh, has a reputation. Can you tell us a little bit about the reputation of Allegheny?
1: Yes, uh, Allegheny harkens, the name Allegheny harkens back to uh, an Indian word, Native American word, which basically means giants. And in this area here where we are at specifically, not only do we have Sasquatch, not only do we have Dog Man, but we have giant Indian mounds or or whatever moniker you would like to give to them, but giant mounds, earthenworks. We have oil pits all over Oil Creek, which runs through the area. These oil pits, the Senecas say that they have no history of ever building them. These oil pits were there when the Senecas got here. We believe they were built by giants. Uh, There's all kinds of uh, diggings where... You know, nine-foot giants have been found. They've got the copper helmets on, the giant swords. But yet all this stuff ends up at the Smithsonian. It all disappears, as it always does. But the newspaper articles are there. The stories are there. The, the eyewitness encounters. I've even had people tell me that they found a, a, a chamber uh while they were helping. I can't really say too much about it, but they were in a construction job, and they found an underground chamber. And, of course, it was... Cleaned out, hushed up, buried, destroyed, whatever. And this is just all around here. It and it sounds like it's folklore, and it it it, it sounds like it's oh come on man that's awful hard to believe. But you hear it again and again mm. and again, and, and you start looking, you start looking with your eyes open. And I found out there's a giant earth mound, which is literally again a quarter mile from where I am at right now. These things are all around. These oil pits, I could take you to them right now. They're mm. all over the place, and it, it's it just it's such a cool area to be. We're very fortunate in that regard.
0: Describe these oil pits. Do you mean like a, a tar pit, like a La Brea tar pit?
1: Well, what it is uh, in Northwest Pennsylvania is where the oil industry started at. The first drilled oil well was in Titusville, Pennsylvania. Uh, There's a creek that runs through this area. It's called Oil Creek, and oil will seep out of the ground and will actually come down on the top of the water because there's so much oil under the ground here. Well, there were these wooden timbers that lined these pits that hooked onto Oil Creek and created backwaters, and the oil would come inside these these backwaters, and then it could be skimmed off, or no one really knows for sure what was done how it was done. But the oil would come into these backwaters, into these pits that had timbers on the edges of them, and then the oil could be collected for whatever purpose. These timbers, oil on wood will preserve the wood for incredible amounts of time. And these pits are still there. And the Seneca, they may have used some oil for this or for that, but the magnitude, the amount of pits that there are alongside of Oil Creek is unbelievable. I mean, there was something massive going on. Uh, there was uh, some some good engineering, and there was a lot of demand for this oil, evidently. And it's something that no one really has any answer for that is definitive. But there was definitely a demand because there's definitely hundreds, if not thousands, of these pits. And uh, if the Senecas didn't build them and they were here before the Seneca Indians were, mm-hmm. then... You tell me who did put them there, but I guarantee you that they're there. I could take you to them right now. Uh, they, they're they all over the place. It, just one more mysterious, mm-hmm. enigmatic inex- thing about this area. It makes it such a great place to be for this field.
0: What about the mounds? You're, t- you're talking about these, uh, not burial mounds, but earth mounds. Are they in particular shapes uh, that you kind of recognize, like out of the Ohio serpent mound kind of deal or what?
1: Uh, the one that comes to mind that's close by me, we're trying to figure out, we want, we want to hit it with a drone. You know, we'd like to go over with a drone and so we can get a better idea of what the shape is and what the alignment of it is. But it, it's an interesting thing. We actually have a, uh, a, a show on our channel about it. And there are indeed people buried there with tombstones who were veterans of you know, the war of 1812 or or the civil war or whatever. And then there's also native Americans buried on this mound. And we remarked to the fact that what a beautiful idea that was, if you wanted to have something that would be preserved for a long, long time, if not forever, you could bury white people on it. Who were veterans, especially you could bury native Americans there, uh, all this sort of thing. And once they're there, there's no way anybody's going to touch it. There's no way it's going to be um, yeah. Yeah, dug into or anything. So who knows what might be under that? There could be giants in this mound as well. And it's it's in a, a this fertile valley. That's uh, it. Just it sticks out so bad. It, it's unbelievable. And it's right there in plain sight. And it gets again almost no attention. It just it's just it's always been there, and and it right. hardly ever thought. You go back in the newspapers. You'll find articles about it from a long time ago. And it, the whole thing just makes no sense. And what it means, I really don't know. But just like so many other things, even if I don't know what it is, I know it's there.
0: <laughs> What's the culture like in the town you live in? It's a smaller town, but you, know, you have the outer city all around you, I'm sure. Uh, are you a, a curious bunch as far as all these phenomena, or do people keep a closed mouth about it?
1: Well, we, we have the benefit of being well-known in the community. Mm-hmm. And so if, if a story is going to get told to anyone, it's going to be to us, the guys at CryptoVania. So that's really cool. And, and the local people and the semi-local people, we have a reputation that we're trustworthy. So therefore, really, I'd have to say we get the most amazing stories. And, and you know, I'm always sworn that don't you ever put my name with this or don't say hey. where this was exactly. But I get the most amazing stories. Uh one of, my, one of my favorites was a guy who I knew this and it wasn't my business, but this guy was actually growing marijuana in the woods and he was uh, tending it at night. So he was engaging in highly illegal activity and he had a face-to-face with a Sasquatch, he and his partner, and uh, they were armed to the teeth and everything. And he was so scared that they never even thought to pull their guns. My favorite part about it was, he was telling the story three days later, he started crying while he's telling the story. So there's this rough, tough guy that's engaged in a various activity and he's crying, telling his story. It's, it, people aren't going to make this up. This is not, someone's not going to LARP something like that. And it just, they, they stand to gain
0: nothing. Mm-hmm. Did you say LARP? Yes. Like live action role play?
1: Yeah, they're 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 not, not gonna LARP a Sasquatch Yeah, thing.
0: I've never heard that term associated with hoaxing before. I like that. You're a larper. That's cool. <laughs> you All know, right. and I've I'm had, had the uh, sorry to interrupt. I've had the tearful confession before from a a, a bow hunter actually, and uh, there's nothing like interviewing a witness. And I'll ask you about that when they, you know, when you become the the vo- the ear for the voice in the town, you kind of become the town therapist. Uh, what's that role been like for you to assume uh, incredibly personal stuff that especially guys don't want to talk about?
1: It's been fantastic. And I, I think Cryptovania has been nothing but positive for the entire community of locals mm-hmm. and the big book community at large. It's, it would be very easy to just keep this stuff inside and, and it's no good that you it's it's better to tell the story than to let it inside and let it eat uh-huh. at you for a whole lifetime. And I'm very happy to be that person that's trusted. That people will tell their their story too. And uh, it just it brings you closer with the community. And uh, if we can help somebody, that's a wonderful thing because there's plenty of pain and heartache and fear in this world as it is. And if we can alleviate some of that, that's just a wonderful thing.
0: Yeah. So. It, do you get stories every day? Every day your shop's open? Do people have your phone number? Do they, how, do they, how do they get a hold of you to report a, a story?
1: Uh, one thing, we have a, we have a Facebook group. Uh, we have several Facebook groups, but the, our, one, our main one is Cryptovania. Uh, and we've got about, I think, 1,300 members in there. And uh, a lot of times when I turn on my computer, I'll see I have a message from someone that I don't know and I've never met, or maybe I do know them casually. But there will be no writing in the message. It'll be a map with a pin on it. Right there, I know what it's all about. I get those all the time. And I do get people that come into the garage all the time. I average about three sightings a week that I get told. And so I'm I'm well over 400, I feel, at this point. I've honestly been told so many that I don't even think I can remember them all now. And, uh, but, and it's everything from something that would be more mundane to, you know, and there it was right in my face and it roared at me in all points in between. And and some of them are quite old and some of them are yesterday or last night. You, You just never know. And it really keeps the spice in life because you never know what story is going to come in the door or into the computer
0: next. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. So people can get a hold of you through your Facebook group. The locals there, they kind of already know about you, so they kind of reach out to you as a neighbor and as a confidant, sure. and they make a report. They put a pin in a map, and they report typically what?
1: Well, I'm trying to think of what I would call the average report. Uh, the The ones that really thrill me, or, well, here, here's a prime example. I have a teenage daughter. Her and I had gone to the store one night. And we go in and we're just walking in. Immediately, a person catches me. And they say, hey, hold on, hold on. You got? I've got something on my phone you've got to see. And they have a security camera picture of a Sasquatch in a sawmill yard. And he's showing me this picture on his telephone. And while he's showing me that, Someone else comes over, and they're like, hey, I've been waiting to see you. I've got to tell you about what happened. So, And my daughter's just sitting there, teenage (laughs) daughter, rolling her eyes. She's like, oh, my gosh, Dad. Yeah, I can't go anywhere with you. You can't go anywhere. But back to what the typical report is, I get a lot of road crossings. I've experienced a lot of road crossings. It's pretty rural for a long ways around here. So road crossings are probably the best encounter and the most common one um and then you get the hunters a lot of the hunting stories like you were talking about uh and there's a lot of logging and things like that but the loggers we really don't get a lot of stories from and uh, um, so i would say it's mostly hunting fishing and uh, road crossing sort really of the most common
0: and most commonly it's sasquatch this is primarily the reports you're taking uh yes. you're you're getting primarily bigfoot reports um what yeah. about other cryptids do you guys follow up on other cryptids as well and what kind of other cryptids do you
1: yeah you get a hold of us and say you want us to come we're coming brother because we, we you know we want to we want to be there we, we want to see what's going on and we'd like to help if we can uh dog man i, I do get dog man in reports uh, actually the last in the last two years it's been a lot of dog man stuff uh but so many people have such a hard time wrapping their mind around Bigfoot is real that the dog, I think a lot of dogmen get called Bigfoot. Uh, it seems to be because I think it's so hard to swallow that Bigfoot's real, the dog man's just a step too far out for a lot of average people. But, uh, you know, and you get the UFOs and you get the orbs and you get, uh, Uh, I don't really call them cryptids, but mountain lions, black panthers. We get a Mm -hmm. lot of those too. Uh, And and anything somebody wants to talk to us about, we're happy to talk to them. And we're happy to investigate.
0: Is there anything that you won't look into?
1: Uh, Anything, if it gets, if a person were to get into anything that we try to steer clear of anything that is apolitical or be religious, because those are the two things. And we, it doesn't matter what the religion is, and it doesn't matter what the politics are. But we try to steer clear of those two things. Uh-huh. And sometimes it's a, a fine line with the encrypted stuff, because there is certainly the spiritual aspect mm-hmm. to it. And we're not denying that. But we also don't want to alienate anyone by defining what our belief set is and all that sort of thing so Mm -hmm. therefore out of respect to everyone who may be participating in our stuff we just try to avoid that end of it again not to deny the reality of the spirituality of it and all that sort of thing i actually all of us have tremendous respect for that but it's just not our thing so we steer clear of it to the best of our ability
0: yeah a wise move What about, um, as far as the phenomena is concerned, someone makes a report of something that sounds like it's incredibly dark. Do you guys go right in head first and check out uh, the nature of it?
1: I have to say, actually, we do, usually, Mm yeah. Uh, um, If someone will go through all the trouble to contact us Mm -hmm. and they're not more than a few hours away, we're going to come. Because we respect and appreciate the step they've taken to contact us. Right. So and we're almost like a like a rapid response team on anything that happens say within an hour from where we are. We I've had people call me and we've been there like literally we're leaving in 10 minutes and we're on our way.
0: What's one of the oddest cases that you've looked into? Uh
1: probably one of the oddest ones is actually uh, an uh, event that I was at uh, myself, Nick Marvin, and uh, our dear friend that passed away, Rich Elsleger. Uh, we actually went out one night and uh, we were in a way back in a hay field. It was kind of a long rectangular hay field. And we were back in the corner of it. And uh, there was an old, what they call a, a sugar shack, it's an old tin building where people would make maple syrup at. And it was dilapidated, and it wasn't being used or anything. But uh, it was a tin building. Well, we're back there in this field, and uh, we had hit several spots that night, and there was a storm rolling in, so we had to keep going lower and lower trying to avoid the wind because Mm -hmm. the wind was messing up what we were doing. So we were in there, and we were about ready to call it a night. And I said, let me throw a couple of vocalizations out here before we go. So I did a vocalization, and immediately we had – it sounded like a robin was was chirping at us to our left and i said to nick i was like how about that man that's pretty well he goes yeah i was thinking the same thing i was like let me throw another vocalization i throw another vocalization and uh in the woods we get hundreds of red lights coming out of the woods like just lights manifesting all through the woods it, and we're standing there trying to figure out what are we looking at and then we start getting this smashing off the side of the tin shed that was the old sugar house and we we hung in there like troopers we stayed there but you know this was kind of a on a whim thing mm-hmm. i mean we didn't have a camera with us we didn't have a light with us we were just three knuckleheads out goofing around one night doing what we do which is going out and yelling for sasquatch and stuff and we had all this success and all these lights in the woods and everything. And there we stood. We couldn't record it or really document it other than give us uh, give our firsthand account. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really intense. The, the lights, the, the, the amount of lights was just incredible. And what they were, again, I have no idea. The tin shed, we went back and we found it looked like a giant handprint smashed and dented into the side of the mm-hmm. shed. Uh, I took pictures of that, of course, because the next time and every time thereafter, when I go there, I'll have a camera. But that, that was one of the weirder ones. Um, I've never had missing time that I'm aware of. Um, I get, you know, the 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 feeling of I need to get out of here. You know, sometimes I'll get that. But really, as far as a manifestation of anything, the, uh, the colored lights really seem to be the weirdest thing that we encounter regularly.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk more about those lights, and I'm curious about not only your video, but your opinion of the red lights and the the video you have here. We're here today, of course, with my special guest, Tommy Cooper of Cryptovania TV. You can find him on Facebook and Roku. We're going to take a short break here, Tommy. We're uh, going to come back and show this video, though, so I'm excited to be able to air that. And of course, you don't mind if I air it, do you?
1: How about it? Happy
0: okay. to have you here. Okay. All right. We'll be right back, folks. All right. So I'm going to just leave it recording here for a second. All right. Let me. Okay. Let's start recording here again. I'm going to have us back on here in three, two, one. All right. We're back with Tommy Cooper. Thanks again for joining us, Tommy. Um, The the lights, we spoke a little bit about the red lights that you saw. Um, You saw hundreds of these red lights start to illuminate and then immediately what seemed like Sasquatch interaction on or near you. In fact, I think you even said you saw a handprint. So one of our theories uh, out of Washington here, in particular, the cabin where we seem to have interaction in our backyard is that the lights are somehow connected to the phenomena for better or for worse. We don't know the nature of the relationship, but um, maybe there's an exact relationship to it all. I know that Joe Hauser, who owns the Montana Vortex, has some incredible footage of actually asking a Sasquatch to show its true form and then videos uh, that night of an orb turning into a Sasquatch. So maybe that's the case. I don't know. It hasn't been proven to me, but when I wandered onto Facebook and I saw your video, it's one of the most compelling pieces of footage to the point where I'll just be a straight shooter. It was either a hoax or it was the real thing. There was no ambiguity to any of it. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't the moon. It wasn't lens flare. So before we show this footage here, describe the moment, how how you even shot this footage and what you shot it with.
1: Let me give you the setup to this. Cause I, I, this, this is such a, a chain of coincidences. You're going to love this. Okay. I'm at work one day at my humble garage and an older gentleman comes in and I've never seen this guy before. I don't know this man. And he comes in and uh, he says, uh, are you Tommy Cooper? I said, yes, I am. He leans over the counter and gets real close to me. He says, do you believe in Sasquatch? And I said, well, yes, I do. He goes, well, I have something I'd like to show you. And I said, well, I'd love to see it. He said, can we go somewhere and be alone? I said, yes. So we went. He has a game camera picture of what I think looks an awful lot like Sasquatch on all fours. Some people think it looks like a bear. I think it looks like it's knuckle walking, et cetera, et cetera. But he has this picture, and he's pretty weirded out by it. Well, he doesn't even live. He's probably an hour away. For whatever reason, he always comes to this certain store, and that's where he got his picture developed. After he gets his picture developed, he's standing there looking at it. The security guard comes up to him. He said, what's that? He goes, I don't know. It looks like a Sasquatch. The security guard said, it sure does. He said, you need to go talk to Tommy Cooper right now. And the guy drove out, and that was the first time I met him. Well, He had his game camera set up in the woods, and it was stolen. He has a lot of land. Well, his game camera was stolen, so he thought. Six months later, he's in the same woods. There's a pile of leaves. He kicks the pile of leaves. There's his game camera under the leaves with the straps that had been untied, and it had been moved, and lo and behold, that's the picture that was on the card that was in the camera. So he and I have become pretty close friends now. We're spending a lot of time together, and he wants no publicity or anything. And he's got me sworn to secrecy 10 different ways, you know, that I'll never reveal who he is or where he is. But I go to his place an awful lot. Well, uh, he and I were at his pond and he has this pavilion at his pond. And I got there before it got dark. And uh, I went and I had walked the perimeter of his pond, foolishly, I might add, before we did anything. And I was looking for tracks. Now, yes, I did find a couple of tracks that were all right. But what I had effectively done is spread my scent all around the area that we're going to be watching. So we're hanging out, in, uh, We're I've got my night vision out. It, it's uh, Bushnell Digital Night Vision, and I'm just scanning back and forth, and he and I are sitting there talking. It's just a normal night. We didn't want to do anything out of the ordinary. And uh, I was waiting because I was so sure. This area is so hot. The guy has so many stories, and so many things have happened. And I was just waiting. I was sure that he was going to come up to the edge of that pond. And I'm going back and forth with Bush now the whole night. And we'd been there probably three hours or so, two or three hours. And uh, I think what I had done was I had parked my vehicle in the wide open. I had spread my scent all over the area. There was not a chance in the world that they were going to come down the power line. There wasn't a chance in the world they were going to come up to the pond. I think I had spooked them. So as I'm scanning back and forth, I catch that orb in my night vision, and my friend is right beside me. He doesn't even see it, and I catch it in the night vision. It's only visible in the night vision, and against every urge in my body, I just stay on it, and I'm like, what in the heck is that? And I just followed it, and it hung there, and it hung there. I mean, I didn't know if it was going to hang there. I didn't know if it was going to come at us. I didn't know if it was going to. Who knows? I'm no orb expert, but I just (laughs) stayed with it and it moved around and I followed it and it dissipates into the grass and it's like a, I think it's a minute and 40 seconds. And again, my friend is right beside me. He never saw a thing and as luck would have it, he has a pavilion against this pond. I had my elbows sat, so I had a pretty solid base. Uh, And so I didn't have too much wiggling around with the camera and I just watched it go off and I just thought, wow. I wonder what that was a common theme. wonder what that was.
0: (laughs) And your friend's sitting right beside you. He can't see anything.
1: He never saw one bit of it. Uh I'll tell you, I'll tell you you my, my, my dirty secret too. He still doesn't know that I captured that video because I didn't tell him. And I'll tell you why I didn't tell him. I do this a lot when we're out in the field. When strange, weird, crazy things happen, a lot of times I won't make mention of it because I'm afraid that I'm going to either lose my research partner or I'm going to lose my area. And I don't want to do either one of those. So sometimes I just don't say.
0: So and as you're watching this, you're so self-composed that he couldn't figure out that something incredible was in your viewfinder?
1: You, you know, it, I... I get scared all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I get terrified from time to time. For whatever reason, this event, it didn't scare me. And it was, there's no way it was more than 15 foot away. I would guess it was probably 10 to 12 foot away. And, but for whatever reason, it just didn't seem, I I personally, like if I were to go to the, 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 the more far outside of it, I think I followed the area with my scent and I think that somehow whatever life force we're looking for or whatever, I think it had become that orb and it had come in on us Mm -hmm. to see who I was and what we were about. Mm -hmm. And I think it was observing us the same way we were trying to observe it. And it doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's the most sensible thing I can come up with. But it did not seem threatening. It didn't seem threatening or intimidating. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of there. And then it just kind
0: of went. Wow. It's incredible. (laughs) It's incredible footage. Uh, There's a lot of okay and a lot of really bad footage. Um, But this is, like you said, really up close. It's over a minute long. It's very solid. I even thought it was a flare because it's so crisp in the corners. You can really Mm -hmm. see the hot, what would look like the hot area. But um, how big do you think this object was? I would say maybe "objects" the like bad a, bad word. How big do you think this light being was?
1: <laughs> uh, you, like the rubber kickballs from elementary school, mm-hmm. like bigger than a basketball. I would say bigger than, like maybe mm-hmm. slightly smaller than a medicine ball, maybe
0: mm-hmm. uh, about that size. Uh, did, did you ever peek out from your viewfinder to see? No, I was so blue. I was so
1: afraid I'd lose the shot mm-hmm. that I would not. I would not come away from that camera because there was just whatever whatever this anomaly is and was. Mm-hmm. I just I knew that it was not something that is often caught on film. I, I was actually overjoyed that I had the presence of mind to start recording, and and I, I surprised the rest of the guys in Cryptovania when I started telling them the story, and they said, "Did you record it?" I said, "Yeah, I did. I got it recorded." And they're like, "Really?" And it, so that was cool, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was. Is one of the stranger things I've encountered
0: for sure. Okay. Let's, let's get to it here. I'm going to, uh, share this, uh, hit the share button here and then we'll go to look at my computer screen here and let's, uh, let's show the audience here what we're talking about. I'm going to open up your Cryptovania channel here on Facebook, close this out, bring this over. And hopefully this will work here. I think it will. I just want to make sure we're, cooking with gas and I go up here and I think I can open this up a little bit more. There we go. Okay, good deal. And I think I can even do this. Oh, they're gonna be over there. Let's try that again. Okay, well, it's gonna be a smaller view here but we can still look at now, describe what we're seeing here.
1: I'm just, I happen to catch it as I'm scanning left to right with right. the digital night vision And I find this glow. It's probably 12 foot up maybe. Uh, And I just find this glowing object or being or whatever it is.
0: There we go. There's a larger uh, view. Let's do larger. I want people to really see this.
1: And I just, I train in on it. And I'm sitting there, you know, of course, the logical things you're thinking, is there a balloon in that tree? Is there something in that tree? Is it something I didn't realize was there? And it starts moving left and right. Doing the sway back and forth, and that really isn't telling a lot. But then at the one point, it starts bouncing up and down while it goes left or right really quickly. And then at that point, I knew that this wasn't something average or normal. And uh, I just thought, boy, I don't know what this is, but I just need to stay on it.
0: Yeah. Okay, let's watch the. We'll watch the whole video here, and we'll come back to it. It's pretty incredible. And it's touching down, and then you lose it right there.
1: Yep the the uh, the object on the right hand side that the the, the, perp, uh, the up and down object there that's actually one of the beams of the pavilion I was in. Okay, that's it goes behind in the beams here. That's gone.
0: Now as it's floating down here, these are either uh, bugs or this is dust. But it seems like within the margin right here, you're going to see something fly by here. Did you already debunk? other things happening in the footage at all tommy
1: no i have not uh, okay. bugs would be entirely possible and so mm-hmm. would whatever else uh definitely a pond definitely a swamp
0: yeah uh, right there they went i don't
1: know that it, it i don't know that it was or it wasn't bugs but uh, i have had some comments made to that
0: you know and and looking at this footage here i'm going to pause it for a second uh, if this were a flashlight beam, which would be the only thing I could ever even think of, and I'm not saying that's what it is, but it would have bleed over that would kind of wrap around objects, and the light would diffuse definitely on the edges. Here, I've uh, I right. have I've no reason to be concerned over that being anything other than something anomalous, especially since um, you know you put out basically an HD video for everybody to pour over. And you know very well that there's some mega nerds out there that will pour over this footage here. Um, and it should be poured over because sure. when you have the sure. real thing, um, it's better for you to have people pour their best work at it to try to debunk it. It just makes your stuff so much more solid. And so that's why it's so cool.
1: Yeah, as I was saying to you, like, it's it's so wrong that I'm the guy that, that was lucky enough to capture this good qual what I believe to be a good quality orb video because it's certainly not what I was looking for that night. I wanted to see a ten foot tall hairy guy come crawling up on that swamp, and instead there was this orb. And I never expected something like this to happen, but uh, I'm very happy it did. I it, I'm enjoying it tremendously. But I uh, <laughs> what a what a strange turn of events it was.
0: And how many times have you watched this already, Tommy? (laughs)
1: Enough that I can give a pretty good commentary on it, like when it does what.
0: Uh, Well, they're so hard to catch on video. I mean, it's as hard to catch these on video as anything Sasquatch or UFO related. I mean, these are incredibly fast. They dissipate quickly. They rarely hang out. But I don't know anybody who's drawn the link together that night vision is a way to uh, uh, catch it. Yeah.
1: You know, at at one point I was trying to, I was trying to discern if there was an intelligence in there or if it was an anomaly or or what it was. And I didn't come up with any answers whatsoever, but uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a whole new thing. I've never paid a lot of attention to this stuff until this event. And uh, there's a lot to learn here too. Every question brings two more i guess
0: what what kind of bushnell night vision digital recorder is this do you know the um model or the make uh of it you know
1: honestly i don't
0: is it a monoscope or does it show two
1: okay it's a mono. it's a mono yes
0: okay gotcha okay nice well i bet you probably won't leave home without that for a while
1: oh i have i have fallen in love with that bush (laughs) yeah yeah, and Actually, uh, Nick and I were in the woods the other night. We we drove into the woods and found the darkest place we could find. I have a, a truck with an extended cab on it, and mm-hmm. we we're testing how well it would do through through glass with the windows up, mm-hmm. because we're uh, thinking about doing a thing where I go and camp out in the woods in the back of my truck and make it look like my truck's abandoned, and then try right. to record through the side windows. So, but so yeah, we're we're definitely pretty excited with Bushnell. Now we that is the best thing we've ever gotten on it
0: sure now Tommy when it uh, I'm going to back up here when it starts swaying like it is and it starts floating down do you remember if there is anything that changed between uh, what you guys were doing or talking about or any other noises have you tried to piece together maybe why this thing behaves differently sudden suddenly
1: well I haven't discussed this with anyone so this will be the first time Uh, but as I was looking at it through the scope uh through the camera when it was sitting there and it was just kind of swaying back and forth I thought to myself I was like come on you son of a gun do something crazy move or something so I know that this is something really far out and wild and out of the ordinary and right after I thought that I'm not saying that caused it but right after I thought that it started bouncing around like semi-violently and then it drifted down the tree and away it went through the grass
0: Okay. Well, let's go there. Do you remember any communication back from this thing um, I, either during the encounter or after?
1: No, I, uh-huh. I did not. I I didn't, I, it was, I didn't feel like there was any communication back because uh-huh. I was trying to, I said, I was trying to be like water. I was just trying to be there and just uh, absorb this and see, see what was going on and, uh-huh and be uh, objective about the whole thing um, and not have any preconceived notions. But the only thing I can remember being different is me just thinking, man, I wish that thing would start moving so I would know that it was an orb or, or it's a whatever. Um, and whether or not that caused it, I, I couldn't say. I, I don't have any idea. But I did not feel like there was any communication coming back by, to me from that.
0: Yeah. Wow. It's, it's a, You know, I've only seen it on my phone, so this is the first time that I've seen it up on the big screen, so it's, it's really clear, and uh, it's exciting to look at. That's why I showed it 24 times That's <laughs> in cool. the last five minutes here. Yeah. That,
1: I, I just – I can't get over how close that was. The, I mean, there is just no way that that thing – there's no way it was more than 20 foot away. I'm saying it was 12 foot, I would guess. It was very, very close.
0: So have you gone back to try to film it again?
1: The situation being what it is, I have to kind of wait to hear from my friend and I can go when he says I can go. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm very excited to go back there again because there's, there's so much that's happened back there. He, uh, uh, this person, he's accidentally been gifting these things for years and, he never realized it until I pointed it out to him what was going on and stuff. And then I would say, well, is this happening? Is that happening? You ever have this? You ever have that? He's like, yes, 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 yes. He's like, what is that? I was like, dude, you got a freaking, you got a tribe of Sasquatch living behind your house, man. <laughs> oh, you think, uh, you tell me, man, you know, you tell me you got orbs flying around, you got a uh, deer with their necks broke, laid outside of your front door. Uh, you've got uh the uh, bear chasing deer on two legs while your family's here, they see it running across, you know, you've got a power line, you've got a swamp, you've got a river, you've got a railroad bed, you've got uh, uh, mountain laurel, you've got every kind of berry, you've got, you've got coal mines on your property. I'm like, what more do you want, man? If there's mm-hmm. any place these things could be, this is it.
0: Yeah. That's incredible. No boy. Yeah. He's in uh, a lot of denial if he denies that list you just gave me. So he, this is the same guy that was standing next to you while you filmed this orb? Yes. yes. And so he knows that there's uh, UFOs or orbs or whatever we're going to call these out there.
1: I, you know, the, the guy's from a different generation. Okay. And I, I don't know... I don't know where he really stands on things because some of the older folks are, uh, they play a little closer to the vest and they may not elaborate what they know or don't know or believe or don't believe. Uh, I'm very thrilled to be in this very small group of trusted people that this Mm -hmm. person has. So I'm going to really tread lightly because I sure Mm -hmm. like going there.
0: Are you guys using, are you using recorders too, leaving out recorders and reviewing them?
1: Uh, we do that with the uh, audio recorder. Uh, right. Yeah. We have, we have a device and yes, we, we leave that out a lot. And uh, we've had what we feel is great success with it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, where we're at, I think Pennsylvania is one of the best places you could possibly be in. I couldn't imagine mm-hmm. it being much better. You can really mm-hmm. pick a direction and go and and find something. And it's, It's more uncommon for us to leave the recorder out and get nothing or very little than it is to put it out and get something tremendous. We get a lot of tremendous audio. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, audio is usually very inconclusive Mm -hmm. to most people, but that's okay. We're not doing it for other people. We're doing it for Mm -hmm. ourselves because this is what we like.
0: What kind of sounds do you get that don't exactly fit the nature around the recorder, i.e., Uh, sounds that um, are completely anomalous uh, that don't fit into the situation you're looking for. Do you get any sounds like that?
1: The holy grail of what we're looking for on audio we have not gotten, Mm -hmm. and that is Samurai Chatter. We want Samurai Chatter. Specifically, I want Samurai Chatter. I haven't gotten that yet, but we have gotten the, 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 the Ohio Howl type of, vocalizations mm-hmm. we've got the whoops we've got the tree knocks we've got one we've got like a tree knock off of a metal guardrail mm-hmm. and it just when you listen to it i mean you about jump out of your skin the first time you hear it because mm-hmm. you are listening, listen and bam it's so loud mm-hmm. but the nice thing about that particular incident is again that was a customer at the garage mm-hmm. he come in and he told me he described to me exactly where this place was and he said there was one standing beside the road and, you know, it dropped down over the bank. Well, a week and a half later, he saw the same one or another one in the same spot on the other side of the road. Uh And we're, we're coming over with the recorder. And so we put the recorder out and we got a lot of good, a lot of good sounds in there. And it was, it, it was in a Valley. So the acoustics were fantastic, but the thing on the guardrail, it couldn't be, it literally sounded like somebody smacked a steel guardrail with a piece of pipe. It was so Mm. hard, so powerful. And the recorder honestly was five foot off of the road that night we had left it right beside the guardrail. And with the audio recorder, this is probably the most craziest thing with it. We'll take that sucker out and we'll set that thing in the swamp and it'll start recording. You'll hear us putting it together. And then we'll say, you know, we're at, rainy swamp and it's uh, january 19th or whatever and then we walk away i couldn't tell you how many times within 10 minutes of us leaving the recorder you hear bipedal walking come to the recorder even when we put it out at night we put it out under complete darkness and these things come right to the recorder it's a camouflage too it's it's been descended i mean we've the Anything you can do to it, we've done to it to try to make it more stealth. Within 10 minutes, here comes something walking, and then you hear, you hear the tapping on the, on the case of it and stuff. You just, you, you can't outdo these guys or these things or whatever your belief is. It's amazing how they know where these electronic devices are. I have no idea, but I'm absolutely positive they know where these electronic devices are. You can't hide them.
0: Is there anyone on your team that had any kind of telepathy involved with any of these cryptids?
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh, one of our members of my team, uh, he and I were out together and, uh, he experienced mind speak Mm -hmm. and it was, it was a pretty unnerving experience for him. He, he did not enjoy it. Uh, and another night, uh, me and one of the guys were out, same individual. And, uh, We were in a a hot area where we were being called out because it was like almost like a habituation place, and uh, we were out there and we had set up some cameras and things like that. And uh, we were getting activity. We had movement on our left, we had movement on our right, we had movement in front of us, and then we had a vocalization in front of us. And you know we're you know we're in the zone, man. We're we're locked in. You know we we could hear a mouse squeak. You know, and uh, all of a sudden my partner he starts stumbling around in the leaf litter, real noisily walking around, like just, he doesn't always, I looked at him, I said, what? I actually, I hit him, I hit him in the shoulder, I said, what are you doing? He's like, huh? And I said, what are you doing? And he said, what? I said, "We you quit moving? Oh, all right. Well, there was no more activity. Well, later on that night, we were hanging out, we were having a martini and uh, discussing the day's events and things. And I said to him, I said, man, I was like, what were you thinking when we had all that activity around us? And he said, man, don't mess with me. He's like, I'm telling you, there's an hour from tonight that I can't remember any of it. He said, tell me exactly what happened. He does not remember one bit of it. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool. I had to forgive him for that.
0: Wow, it almost sounds like he kind of got overridden, like taken over for a bit.
1: It's it's hard to say. I surely couldn't tell you. Yeah. But I, I know I was there and I witnessed it with my own eyes. The, the mind speak event was pretty unnerving for him as well. Yeah. Uh, the mind speak event. He heard a tree snap, which I did not hear, even though I was right beside him. And then he heard what he thought was me say, "Did you hear that?" So I'm I'm standing there beside him. He hears a tree snap that I don't. He looks at me, he says, "Yeah." And I said, yeah, what? He said, yeah, I heard that. I said, yeah, you heard what? He said, did you not just ask me? Did you not just hear a tree snapping and then say, did you hear that? I said, I didn't say a word, <laughs> man. <laughs> so it was pretty that. cool. Man.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's very cool.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Good, clean fun in the woods of Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you coming on here again. We have Tommy Cooper. The channel, of course, is Cryptovania TV. You can find it on Roku and Facebook. And if they keep things going, maybe the Travel Channel. I don't know if you guys have been approached yet, but you're doing good work. Uh, Is there anything in the works that you guys want to talk about? Um, Anything upcoming or anything planned?
1: We want to do it all. We want to do everything. Yeah. We've got a we've got a show now. It's uh, called Zero Squatch Thirty. It's eyewitness encounters. It's audio only, so we can keep people's identities quiet. Uh, that's doing very well. We have Cryptovania season two's coming out. We have Three Beers at Rays, which is our podcast that we do via Skype. I mean, we just we just like we get we keep getting to meet cool people like yourself, and we keep getting to sit at the uh, table with the cool kids, and we're just loving it. And we love the research. We love the subject and we love being in the woods.
0: Again, thank you, Tommy, for coming on this show. And that video is available at Cryptovania TV. I think I even reposted it up on the Strange Brow Radio website there. And I'll put another link in when I post this episode. And as I said, our conversation will post the whole video, the back and forth of Tommy and I discussing it in detail so you can follow along. And that will be for the Patreon members coming up soon. I promise. All right, this is your last week to get a ticket for the William Becker Psychic Class in Cottage Grove, Oregon. You can find those tickets at Paranormal Insights. That's William Becker's personal website there. And the tickets themselves, I believe, are through brownpapertickets.com. That is going to be on August 9th from about. 6.30 till the wee hours because after the psychic class in Cottage Grove, Oregon at 657 East Main Street in Cottage Grove we're going to go searching for portals that's right for $5 you can follow me and a group up into a known hot spot where we get a lot of interesting stuff happening including these possible portals and what does that look like well your guess is as good as mine It seems as though they can change size, shape And duration and location at any given time And that's where these interesting things happen Like orbs and apparitions, And possibly UFOs and aliens and Sasquatch So if they exist, which I think they do Now's your chance to find out for yourself just Just how real and crazy all this is and I'm probably going to record the whole thing, so look forward to that. If you can't make it, just stay tuned. I'm sure there'll be a audio portion of the evening broadcasting, if not down the road, maybe next, on Strange Brow Radio. Remember, you can be a part of the show. Shoot me an email at strangebrowradio at gmail.com. Or you can go on Facebook. Shoot me a message on Facebook at Strange Brow Radio. All right. Thank you again and it is hot. It's very hot. I'm gonna go cool off right now. It's about 85 degrees outside, yikes. Take care folks, and I will see you in the trees. Or maybe the swimming pool.